Just pray as we stand. Risen, living Lord Jesus, we pray that you will guide my words and our thoughts this morning, that we may be open to the power that you release in your resurrection into our lives. For we ask it in your name. Amen. I want to start this morning by asking a strange but rather obvious question. Are you alive? Well, of course, you're breathing. That applies to most of us, most of the time. But that just proves that you exist. It doesn't mean that you are fully alive as a human being created in God's image. St. Paul wrote these words to the church in Ephesus in chapter 2, verse 4. God, who is rich in mercy, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Ben explored with us last week how Adam and Eve chose to go their own way rather than follow the lifestyle that God had created for them. A life lived in obedience and friendship with him. Instead, they ignored God's clear instructions, and they chose to do their own thing. Doesn't that sound familiar? Rejecting the purpose that they were created for, and therefore, in a sense, spiritually, they became dead And St. Paul assures us that we all repeat Adam and Eve's mistake. We build our lives around our own selfish desires and impulses. And we reject God's design for healthy, spiritual human beings. And the result is that we all become cut off from God and therefore spiritually dead. A spiritual death, a form of death, which potentially goes on forever unless something happens to change it. Now, perhaps you doubt that all of this describes you. The Bible assures us in Romans chapter 3, the 23rd verse, that we all sin, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That is, We all build our lives around ourselves and we fall short of what God has planned for us. The glory of lives lived in full fellowship with God and in harmony with each other. And we see the evidence of that falling short in the conflict and the chaos in the world around us. And if we're honest, but hopefully to a lesser extent, we see it in our own lives. That's really bad news. But we don't come to church to get depressed, do we? St. Paul assures us, just as Jesus assured his first disciples, God is merciful. He doesn't treat us as we deserve to be treated, but if we trust him, And we have faith in Jesus. By the same power that he used to bring Jesus back from physical death, 
God will make us fully alive with Jesus now. And that life which we receive in the here and now will continue beyond the grave and on into eternity. Jesus responds to our faith by making us spiritually alive in the present and taking us through death, just as he went through death, bringing us out on the other side. Death for the Christian believer is not the end. It's not a full stop. It's merely a comma leading on to a deeper meaning on the other side. For five of the Sundays following Easter, we're looking at Jesus' resurrection and ours through the lens of chapter 15 of St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. And today we've read 1 Corinthians 15, verses 35 to 49. If you'd like to follow that in your Bibles, you'll find it on page 174. The Christians in Corinth have obviously been asking all kinds of questions about resurrection. Because it's something very hard to get our heads around. And that's not surprising. 99.999 and a few more nines percent of human experience tells us that death, once established, is not reversible. It is the end to end all ends, apparently. The humanist Bertrand Russell put it bluntly. He said, when I die, I rot. He did die, and no doubt his physical body did rot just like every other human being. Well, if that happens, St. Paul's questioners are saying, how can we get another body when that one has been corrupted? What will it look like? And we can add our own questions, can't we? Will we recognize each other? Where will we all live? There'll be so many of us. What will we find to do all day? Won't we get bored after 10,000 years? Will we have to learn to play the harp and balance on a cloud? And St. Paul, in effect, says to them, don't be daft. These are questions which only apply to earthly life. We won't get back our old physical body with all its limitations. Weakness, aging, depression, arthritis, heart failure, dementia. Sounds sad, doesn't it? Good, we can look forward to something else. Jesus' physical body was broken on the cross beyond repair. When he rose from death, his spiritual body was recognizable, but different. He was even touchable, but then he was also able to appear in and disappear from a locked room. In verse 36 of this chapter, St. Paul writes that we will receive a similar body, recognizable, but not subject to deterioration or decay. Paul says, fool, it's quite blunt, isn't he? What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And as for what you sow, you do not sow the body that is to be, 
but a bare seed. He pictures our physical body like a seed, which appears to die and goes into the ground. But then it springs back to life as a new plant. Unless, that is, it's struggling to grow in my lawn. The human body is unique, a living marvel, but it has physical limitations. The resurrection body, which we're promised, will also be unique, an even greater marvel, which is beyond our present understanding. We can't get our heads around it. Jesus promises that resurrection body to everyone who has faith in him. John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus makes this promise to all believers. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And in verse 45, St. Paul says, We are all just like Adam, the first man of the human race. In the present, we are living beings in a physical sense, just as Adam was. And then he goes on to talk about Jesus as the second Adam. Verse 45, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, that is Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. But it's not the spiritual that is first, but the physical, and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. Jesus is the second Adam, who came in human form, to put right the mess made by Adam and Eve in the beginning. Jesus, at that point, was a man of dust, just like Adam, just like us. But he was also a man of heaven, a spiritual being. When Jesus came back from the dead, he came as a spiritual being. His body was no longer subject to death or decay. Verse 48, 49, Paul writes, Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we will also bear the image of the man of heaven. Paul saying we will all share in Jesus' experience. We begin as people of dust, limited and mortal. But faith unlocks for us the power of Jesus' resurrection. We come alive to God as citizens of heaven now in this life and then like Jesus we'll go through the transition of death and we'll receive a body of a wholly different kind indestructible everlasting sustained by the presence of God himself who is eternal so to come back to the question we began with am I truly alive are you really alive. Faith in Jesus brings us fully into life in the here and now. And it continues that fullness on through death and into eternity with God. It was Woody Allen 
who famously quipped, I'm not afraid of death. I just want to be, don't want to be there when it happens. And it's natural, isn't it, to be anxious about death. It's so much of that is unknown. But as Christians, we can be assured that even though death may well bring pain and grief, we don't need to worry about being there when it happens, as happened it will. Because Jesus has planned something better for us. Something beyond our human understanding, but fulfilling beyond our wildest dreams. And we live our lives now, today, in the light of that final transformation. The evangelist Billy Graham wrote, I'm convinced that only when someone is prepared to die is he also prepared to live. If we trust him, Jesus promises that in life and in death he will make and keep us fully alive. We may not understand the process, but he came back from the grave to assure us that we can completely trust his promises. So isn't it great to begin our service in the weeks following Easter with Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And so we will rise with him from spiritual death in the here and now before we go on with him into life everlasting.